Julio Cruz once stole 32 bases in a row. Almost breaking the record. Yeah, I know Julio Cruz is a second baseman for the uh, Seattle Mariners back in the day. But gets no love from Mr. Cleveland. Well, Um, certainly not the person who comes to first and probably not the person that wore it best, so. No, no. Um, And it's hard to argue. I got Dr. J, the first person to wear it with the big fro, you know, rocking the big fro in the ABA, Rucker Park, and then came to the NBA, dunking on fools like the Los Angeles Lakers winning the cup and stuff. Dr. J, um, first first name or first person that comes to mind you think of the number six has to be. What about when you think of the number one? Now, I got somebody on this list who you'll never, ever think of. I'm sure it is. Uh, the person that first comes to mind is uh, Warren Moon, Hall of Fame okay. quarterback. In the NFL what? Hall of Fame quarterback. Cleveland? Yes. shot out of UW Husky? <laughs> what? I certainly am. I certainly am with uh with no uh apologies about it. Yeah, he's he's the person that comes to mind first. Who wore it best what? is probably the big O. The uh you know, the walking triple double. So that's where I go with that. Okay. So uh, yeah, as just as I thought, you you probably never heard of Mr. Gus Williams, huh? The only Oh no Gus Gus and DJ was the uh, backcourt of my uh, of my youth of my childhood, so I definitely uh, think of him. Certainly, just not you know first coming to mind, and not the person that wore it best, but certainly uh, in my thoughts when I think of him. Oh, I can't I can't more. believe you gave Warren Moose some credit, man. The the, the UW Huskies was wondering if you. I mean, they started to wonder where your transcripts are. <laughs> they started to wonder, you know. I'd have, I'd have calmed them, calmed them down last week. Oh wow, really? I'm calming. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I said, they, really? They, I'm calming now. Yeah. Okay. They, I mean, they was asking me what dorms did you stay in. I was like, man, I, I can't go that far. And they was questioning if he knew where Montlake was. <laughs> oh <laughs> was wow! Like, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, well, the guy that's want... tuition and parking uh, tickets paid, so they, they know who I am. Trust me. You got, yeah, you got enough parking tickets, huh? Hey. Enough parking tickets and enough tuition money, they know. Yeah. Man, we had a wild week in the NFL. As the, as the season closed out, you know, we got playoff teams were established. As the league was deciding or – deciding which games to flex on, you know, the last four games of the season that they can move around at liberty to put the best games or most most competitive games or highly watched games, however they want to twist it up, they want to put those games on the Sunday night football. Oh, Markel Foles goes down. Oh, my goodness. Did you see that? I did see that. Uh, excuse me. But uh, so the league decided to flex in – the Eagles versus the Washington football team. Sunday night football, last game of the year. I mean, we know tanking goes on. Take It's apparent, you know, like as 
the Dolphins loudly, proudly announced their taking last season. We know it goes on historically. But have you ever seen tanking so blatant as it happened when they put in Sudfield and took out the young quarterback, Jalen Hurts, for the Eagles? Have you seen seen it so blatant? You know, that, that, that was tanking on a higher level, and usually you do that when you have one of the top five picks. But I... I believe in losing that game, the best they could have done was six. So it was a little bit of a mystery um, from that perspective. Not quite sure what player um, they were targeting with regards to their tanking. But, yeah, it looked uh, looked pretty obvious to everyone watching, and it was somewhat of an embarrassment. And even the the coach's uh, explanation of of why their substitution was a little – a little skeptical, in my opinion. You know, I, I want to ask a different question. Was it tanking or was it point shaving? I mean, what was going on here? Um, because it, it was it was too blatant, man, for, for to be tanked for a tanking scenario. It was just too blatant. So, I mean, realistically, let's be real with them. Was that tanking or was that point shaving, Cleveland? You know, Cam, it was a little bit of both. It, it, it clearly didn't show that they were most interested in winning the game adverse um, how they lost the game, which was kind of weird. Um, for example, I was, uh, you know, glued to the uh, San Francisco 49ers Seattle Seahawks game, and let me tell you, there was no quitting those guys. There was no yeah. going to some other person to see what we can do next year. None of that. They, they were playing every possession as if it was their last, like you're supposed to in an NFL game. So it was a little bit weird to see, uh, you know, the perspective of uh, Doug Peterson in the direction that they went. So I, I really have no explanation. I mean, the obvious one is that they just didn't really uh, care if they won or lost the game. You know, personnel evaluation can be done in you know many different ways, but you don't have to just – Pull your starting quarterback in the you know the fourth quarter to to see what you know, Sudfield can do in the future. Quite possibly, maybe you know that's that's kind of weird, but uh, you know it's their prerogative. It's their franchise. They can do it the way they want to do it. Yeah, man, it was, it was just pretty bad to be put on a, a you know Sunday night football when you know if it was a regular four o'clock game where nobody noticed it, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> but when it's on primetime football, everybody sees it. You know, it takes on a different meaning. So um, we see, we'll wonder uh, what's going to happen. Does Will we see Peterson in the Philadelphia green and gray again? Or how they, how these guys uh, come out next year? Because there were some players a little pissed off about what was going on, you know, some veteran players wondering what the hell's, what the hell's going on. So it was pretty. It was pretty curious as to, to uh, his whole stance of things, you know, and how things played out. Because that was a wonderful football game that they since we gave up. And as you mentioned, for three picks, you know, is a is a number six really different from the number nine? And who, which player are you targeting to get at number six versus number nine? What player are you trying to get at number nine? It, you know, some things up in the air. Um. So that was an ugly game. 
was that so we'll, we'll say that was bad Eagles and not good Washington football team in that game, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We we have right. no idea what would have really transpired. So, yeah. Yeah, man, in a blowout, man, we saw my team, my Miami Dolphins, just get absolutely blitzkrieged as they traveled to cold Buffalo. You know, the Buffalo Bills were able to run back a punt. They were able to catch an interception and return that for a touchdown. Uh, Josh Allen ends up throwing for a few touchdown passes. You know, and meanwhile, <laughs> on the other side of the ball, the guy throws 58 touchdowns or 58 passes. And, um, you know, for a mere 300 and, what, 16 yards or something like that, um, it, was, it was a bad game. It was a bad game all around. Tough tough to watch, tough to endure. Um, what did you see out of that Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins game? Clearly it was good Buffalo and bad Dolphins. You can't argue that. But how did you see that game transpire and play out? Well, you know, Cam, I saw it as a great learning experience for Tua Tagovailoa, um, you know, with a chance to get into the playoffs with a victory or, 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 or certainly be in the, uh, you know, in the mix for that adverse a team that was, you know, trying to uh, establish their presence of authority. Um, you know, they, they just had to, they had to go through that. You know, the, the Miami Dolphins are a work in progress, Cam. You can't just put everything into – uh, one game, you know what I'm you saying? What they didn't. Did. They didn't have their. They didn't have their reliever, um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick unfortunately came down with the COVID. May, may have started that game. We 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 will never know. But uh, you know they did the best that they could, and I think that they got something out of it. I think that they'll be better for the experience. I did say last week, fans, that I'm gonna ban him from talking Miami Dolphin football. I did say that. Um. And with this take, with this take, uh, he gets me even closer. Yes, they didn't have the reliever. Have you ever heard of a reliever in NFL football? Have you ever heard of that term? You know, this is the first time. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of times. Back in the day, as I'm dating myself, you know, teams used to have a really, you know, qualified backup that can come in when things weren't going well. And, you know, sometimes they, they had to step up and, you know, do their part in this well, particular you never instance. Saw back you never it, saw it's somewhat. To the game. It's like a finish, Cam. Cam, can may I finish? Cam, may, can no, may I finish? No, no, no. This is a Cam, 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 may I finish? In this particular instance, in 2020, with regards to the Miami Dolphins, you know, starting the number five pick in the draft to attack by Loa. Um, you probably, you know, conventional wisdom would have thought that he would go through his uh, growing pains a little bit more, you know, uninterrupted. However, Pine Forest had a different, you know, objective. And, you know, when things got a little bit tough, you know, maybe sit on the sidelines, you know, watch the game with me and, you know, we'll, we'll watch some film a little bit later. So this is the first time in quite some time I've seen, I've seen the, uh, you know, multiple quarterback situation, but it, it seemed to you know serve them well. It was effective. Oh my goodness! They won some games down the stretch and almost and almost and almost made the playoffs. And, and almost, almost is only is good enough as horseshoes and hand grenades. You know that. You know that. So stop it. You know you haven't seen uh, an effective 
two quarterback situation played out in in, in since the Broncos and Dan Reeves tried that with uh, what is it Tommy Maddox and who who was the other quarterback? It didn't even work then, but he 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 was the last guy to actually try that back in the eighties. So you cut that out, Mister Cleavon. You stop trying to be. Well, uh, well, Cam, well, Cam, come, come on, come on now, come on now. The Dolphins, the Dolphins won four of their last games, and their losses were to the Chiefs and the Bills. There's no shame in that. Oh my goodness! Okay, Cleveland, Cleveland, why, why are you talking about the quarterback, the the rookie quarterback drafted with the number five pick, still suffering growing pains in Week 17? Why, why is that part of the discussion? Because not everyone maturates at the same speed, Cam. You know, some people need a little bit more time. You know, some people need the training wheels on a little bit longer. That's all. Doesn't mean that 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 they can't ride a bike. Just means that they need a little bit more confidence, a little bit more, you know, experience. And that's okay, what Tua was able to get. This okay, week. okay, okay. It's it's official. The ban is on. No dolphin talk for you. None, none zero. Yeah, I don't want to hear any more dolphin commentary for you. And shame on me for even asking that question. We had we also saw the Rams and the Cardinals, two backup quarterbacks here going at it again in the Rams situation. The Rams were able to upset the Cardinals and move into the playoffs to actually solidify a spot in the playoffs, and they will be traveling to the Pacific Northwest this weekend. What's your thoughts on the Rams season and, and that game in particular? It was a must-win game, and they and they won it. And you know, I would be lying to you if I did, if I said I wasn't concerned with regards to uh, having to play the Rams in such a short turnaround after beating them um, soundly here uh, in uh, Lumen Field. So uh, I'm and not what, looking what forward to playing. The, and what, what's it's been it? renamed Lumen, Lumen. It's been renamed. It's been renamed Lumen Field. Okay. This is a, how many names is this this season? Just the two. Just just from CenturyLink to Lumen. Let, let's not get carried away with you know the naming mm-hmm. rights. Okay. Oh, I'm just trying to get it. Still, get, still, get, still getting used. Still getting used to it myself. So I, you know, I'm not going to act like you know you, there's no reason for confusion because there is. But uh, you know, hey man, you adjust with the times and you move on. How much did they pay for they get the, the lights? Name on the stadium, Lumen Lumen Lights. How much did they pay for that? Well, it's the same company. They they just changed their name, which is which is what comes with that. I mean, when you have the naming rights for twenty years, then if your company name you know changes name, then you're well within your rights to do so, and that's what they did. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, so so you're a little nervous about the Rams traveling to town, huh? Had big concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the last loss left a bitter taste in their mouth, and um, Aaron Donald uh, and Russell Wilson are more than good friends at this point. Unfortunately, <laughs> they, they, they need a, they need a lot. So I'm, I'm not really all that excited about uh, them being on the same field again. <laughs> Russell Russell gets to talk to him a little bit more than he liked. I'm sure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They have, they have way too much. Uh, they know way too much about each other at this point. <laughs> so, I mean, that that goes back to uh, the Seahawks Super Bowl days, where the Rams were the only ones who could handle those guys. And um, now that they're not the same caliber they once were, it's going to be interesting to see how the Seahawks pull this out. I mean, they've been 
playing around that bubble of elite or not elite, and here they go. They their chance to show up and show who they are is right here coming up this week on their home field, regardless of what the name is. Is it Lights Field? Is it Century Link Field? I mean, can I get my security? Can I get my uh, security done there with with Century Link, or do I have to go elsewhere? I mean, do I whatever their name is, whoever they're doing the work, whoever they're working with now um, at that stadium down in, what do you call it? What do you guys call it? Soto? Is that what you guys call that area now? Soto? Yes. It it is called the Soto District. Yes. The the Soto District. You guys be making some shit up. I tell you that. (laughs) I tell you that, man. Um, But anyway, we'll we'll see how things transpire, transpire there in Soto coming this week. Another game we had, man, was Chargers. Was that good Chargers or bad Chiefs? Did you see that game? Although the Chiefs were playing their second and third string quarterbacks, what did you see happen in that game? Give it to the good Chargers. They were trying to play for their uh, coach's job. They were trying to show that they belonged um, and, you know, certainly get an opportunity to play the defending Super Bowl champions. You want to give it your all. they were a little bit more into it than the Kansas City Chiefs were. But at the same time, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't really do anything to, you know, aggressively uh, win that game. So, you know, good win for the the Chargers. So we're going to talk about the Chargers here in a little bit more later. But um, what, what did you think about – what do you think about the Chiefs' philosophy to – Rest your guys going into the their bye week. They won the division. They won the AFC. So they're going to have a bye. The only team, one team has a bye now, as you know. What do you think about their decision to rest their players in the bye, rest their players a week before the game, or excuse me, the final game of the season? So this means essentially that Patrick Mahomes will have two weeks off before he plays a competitive game. And it's not like he was already on in a great rhythm all, all season long, at least the last month of the season. It's just he's better than everybody else. So even if he's playing a half-ass game, he's going to beat most teams. Um, but they didn't have great rhythm going into week 16. What do you? How do you think this affects them going into, what is it, the divisional round playoffs? How it affects them is that it gives uh, their team and their starters, you know, specifically, um, great rest. Um, they get healthy, and that and that's what you need in the playoffs. Um, they are already clinched home field advantage, so everything runs through Arrowhead. Um, in the last two seasons, they've been to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, so this isn't like a learning experience for them. Um, there's no learning curve to adapt to. Um, I think it's a great move. Anytime, anytime you can rest your players this late in the season, rest them. And continuity be damned, right? Or rhythm be damned. Well, perhaps if you haven't been there before or haven't done anything, but like I said, they've been to the AFC Championship. They lost by an offsides one time, and then the next year they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they know how to win. They're okay. 
They're okay. Okay. Well, I just want to get your thoughts on it, man, because uh, I'm a little concerned about it. No, yeah. no, no, no. I, I, I know, I know that you think that professional football players or football players of any kind should play every game, every snap, if they're healthy, as long as they can, as hard as they can. But you know, sometimes they, you know, for the greater good, you know, you do certain things. And and resting their starters, I thought, I thought was a a brilliant strategy. So, did you think that was a brilliant strategy when the In, or the Indianapolis Colts, I think the it happened to the Indianapolis Colts as well as I think it was the Indianapolis Colts is what I'm referring to. When they're 13 and three, they decide to rest their players and then they lose in the first round of the playoffs. And in the uh, yeah, it was, it was it was brilliant. It was it was brilliant then, and it's brilliant uh-huh. now. And when you get a chance to rest NFL players that play a game that physical for that many weeks in a row, with one bye during the season, yeah. Whenever you get a chance to rest, rest. Okay. All right. All right. I just find that kind of peculiar. That that's all I'm saying. Um so what else we had this this week was another game we had this week was the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Was that good Green Bay? Bad Bears? How did you see that game transpire? Oh, good Green Bay. Uh, you know, Bears had everything to play for and, and gave them their all. And, um, you know, at the end, they just had to turn it up a tad bit, a few more, uh, you know, levels higher than the Chicago Bears could get to. And, you know, that's a that's a good uh, win for the Packers. Solidified okay. home field advantage throughout. So, yeah, good win. Solidified home field throughout. Bears still snuck in the, in the playoffs, so good for them. Um, let's go ahead and look at the Texans, bad Houston Texans, or good Tennessee Titans. So actually, that yeah, game, bad Houston yeah. Texans. They 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 they, they certainly had uh, their opportunities to uh, to win that, and and just, it did not come to fruition. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with a bad uh, bad Texans on that. I mean, is there is there such thing as good Texans, man? These guys are four and eleven. Um, and there's no kind of uh, trope on the way. They don't have any draft picks. They don't have any money, so they can't go sign any key free agents. Um, they're just going to have to make do. they got a new coaching position. I'm going to ask you here in a minute, uh, where, does this, where does this actual coaching position rank among the others? But was, is, there a good, is there such thing as good Texans nowadays? Well, this is a team that was in the playoffs just last year. Of course, they've had some wholesale changes uh, with regards to personnel and coaching and general managers, so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, there is a ver- there is a good version of the Houston Texans, if that was your question. Um, perhaps this season did not completely portray that. Um, unfortunately, it was a, a work in progress. You know, a lot of things going on that were, you know, out of their control, and, you know, they did the best they could. Nobody told them to trade, uh, you know, Pro Bowler DeAndre Hopkins for, uh, you know, David Johnson, but they did. You know, no, no one told well, them to trade for Larry you know, the year before, but they did. So, you know, that, that's, that's I don't want to put that on the, you know, on the players per se. They did the best, did the best they could. Say it again. Hmm, okay. All right. Well, again, I still wonder if there's been a good, uh, uh, is there a phrase, good text out there? Um 
nonetheless, they did take a, a beating, as you know, um, and end up uh, allowing the Titans. Had they beat the Titans, the Titans would have been out of the playoffs. But they allowed – not only did they allow the Titans to win the game and, and get into the playoffs, they allowed 230. So who, who, been in the, who would have been in the playoffs – I'm sorry. Who would have been in the playoffs if the Titans would have lost that game? Uh, there's a team in South Florida that would have made the playoffs. Oh, okay. Sorry. Please continue. Yeah. Um, again, not only did the Texans um, not win the game, they allowed your guy, Ryan Tannehill, to lead them, the Tennessee Titans, to a victory and give allow the running back to pick up 230-plus yards so he can eclipse the 2,000-yard mark. So that was bad Titans all around. And I do have a question for you later about the 200-yard uh, that mark right now. How is that still a special number versus, what was it, six, 2012 when Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 yards um, after uh, having knee surgery or even 1998 when a guy you don't like ran for 2,000 yards after being uh, the the hunted, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, you know, I wonder how how um, I, I guess you can answer later, but I just want to kind of tease the fans with that a little bit. How intriguing or enticing um, or celebrated should that two thousand number be, considering? Next year, there's going to be 17 games, but they had 16 games this year and a bye in between. So it's like they're playing with uh, what O.J. Simpson would have played was been going into the Super Bowl game, you know, um, and they're adding those games. So, you know, good not to take anything away from Derrick Henry. He's a solid run back. Nobody really wants to tackle him, and that's why he gets uh, all these uh, – can you call them stiff arms, or you just call it push offs? Which whatever, which one you want to call? It? I think the push offs are more prevalent. Where he's pushing these cornerbacks uh, around who try to come up and dance with them. He's shoving them right out to the ground and out of his way, and going on about his business and picking up ten, fifteen more yards at a clip. Um, so uh, I commend him for getting his two thousand yards. But it, does that have the same cachet as it did in the past? That's the question I. I We'll want you to answer later. Um, on as far as our, our picks, confidence pick segment, man, uh, I'll let you do the honors and, and read that. Are you looking at the script? Uh, I am. We both uh, went toe to toe, head to head, and we were both perfect, man. Yeah, so congratulations for stepping up and you know being there if you, with me. If you read that my bottom perfection. number on the right, oh come on, cut it out, man. If you read that bottom number on the right, just that percentage, um, and go ahead and you know don't spend too much time on it. Just read that number. Sure, no problem. I am the champion of the confidence picks, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> friends, fans, and followers. I think that's what Cam was trying to dance around and not trying to not trying to say out loud in front of all you guys. But yeah, I'll say it. I'm the champion. 
Okay, since you want to put it like that, what what is the um, what is the distance that you won this this category by? Hey, it was it was a, it was a pretty wide distance considering that I haven't had a, <laughs> you know Ernst and Young, Ernst and Young. My friends can count and come in just yet. They're they're scheduled to come in uh, Friday afternoon and look through some things. But yeah, it was it was a pretty good margin. A pretty good margin, fans. So I just to clarify. <laughs> Somebody tell me I want to dance around the topic. Just to clarify, it's a 73 to 3% margin versus a 74.9%. So essentially he won four more picks than me. Um, there was a week, in week 15, actually, I, I, I don't know what happened. It was a bad week. I think I scored seven points, and that allowed him to get the lead. And, you know, he, he's been ahead for the last three weeks. But it's not – Ah, it's a frustrating tale, but that's why I let him talk about it. He was he was uh, correct, and but I I got something to counterbalance that here momentarily. Uh, through this week, man, we talked about Buffalo beating the, smacking around the Dolphins. We didn't talk about Pittsburgh and the Browns. Were you surprised? I'm gonna ask you again now. Now that we're heading into the playoffs, we're heading to the wild card weekend. Do you have any confidence in the Cleveland Browns? This has been the same way since week twelve. You've had no confidence in them when they were what uh, nine and two. They went to nine and three. They went to ten nine and two. Eight. What are you, are you are you kidding me? When, when were they ever nine and two? What are you talking about? Were they, they were nine and three. They lost three games. They were nine and three, and you just want to give the Browns no credit. I mean, why is that? Why why are you hating on the Browns? Like they're the Washington Huskies. What's the deal? There's there's no hateration going on here, Cam. You just asked me, you know, if I believe in them or not, and I I just don't. I think Baker Mayfield is, you know, a lot a lot for show. Um, they don't have their best receiver. Um, I I have let, let, let me let me let me let me be honest with you. I do have an affinity for the chubby guy. He's much better than I expected. I actually thought the other running back from uh, Georgia was going to have a better, you know, go of it. But, hey, they're good. They're serviceable. Do I think that they're going to actually do anything? No, I don't. Well, they have their division rival this weekend, and we'll get to we'll get to your prediction soon enough. They do they do have their division rival that they will face this weekend after beating them this here week just to get into that opportunity. So Cleveland doesn't believe in the Browns, who's going to the playoffs. Surprisingly enough, um, well, that was a game. You know, neither one of us had Pittsburgh losing a game. Both of us had the Patriots, or Excuse me, both of us had the Jets beating the Patriots, but the Jets is, you know, they're doing something with their roster. They end up losing a game to New England. Um, I have Vegas over Denver. You had Denver. What was your logic there picking the Broncos? Man, I thought they were going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, pride with regards to how they wanted to finish the season. And in addition, I didn't like the way, uh, you know, the Raiders had lost their last couple of games. So, I thought that they were susceptible to to a loss, especially late in the season. I think they had a whole lot to play for. And hey, 
They won the game by one point. Good for them. So that guy was just like way off the mark. It's kind of odd, but you know, hey, that's okay. W is a W, man. You know that. Raiders, um, you know, the Raiders lost three of the last four games. So, right. What do you see in KC? We talked about KC losing the game. We talked about Arizona losing their game. The rest of the the rest of the teams, the rest of the games, we do agree on. Uh, Cleveland picks against the spread. Uh, I end up winning. Well, you end up winning this week, actually, two to one. Didn't narrow the margin much in the year in a year achievement there. This one I was abysmal. Fifty eight percent was my pick efficiency against the spread. Cleveland, you were even worse at fifty one percent. Like I'd be embarrassed if I was below fifty five percent. You're at fifty one percent, there, pal. Um, so to tell that's something that you can work on this off season. Kind of your picks against the spread. And we do have a few more. Well, you know, Cam, I'm glad I'm glad that you mentioned that. And you know you know what you know what helped me, you know, be better? It's just to be held more accountable. You know, a little bit more on the table of uh, you know, some type of, you know, penalty for for losing, so to speak, that would be payable. That's all I'm saying. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, is that, if there was something on the table, you you do better. Is that what you tell? Is that what you want to tell the fans? If there was something attainable that was on the table, yeah, I, I would probably take it a little bit more seriously. To be honest, I mean, fans, friends, fans, and followers, you know, I, I coddle Cam quite a bit, and when I see things are getting a little bit out of hand, I kind of hold back, and you know, I get a little bit more <laughs> experimental with regards to my you know my picking uh, you know prowess. And what it is that I'm trying to do and accomplish, you know, a lot of times I'm going into these weeks, you know, I know what I can do, but, you know, let's just, let's just experiment with some other, uh, you know, scenarios. So, you know, some so other, uh, you know, mistakes. So all of a sudden now you're, day, you're, you're, you're Peterson now. All, all of a sudden now you're, you're sandbagging and, and you're throwing games. Is that what you're saying? I didn't say throwing games. What I said was, you know, kind of going a little bit off the grid you know, picking some outliers and, you know, kind of experimenting with some other techniques with regards to just going what I know is going to work, you know, my bread and butter, per se. My goodness, man. Oh, oh okay. Well, we're going to have to get something on the table because that was a lame excuse if I ever heard one and not one that and one that I don't think you or the fans are, are buying to. So this will be interesting to see how things change once there is something on the table. And so I guess this is going to be your same excuse uh, when you go, when you only get 166 picks correct out of the season of 256 games, and you come in with a uh, poultry 64% winning percentage, I guess that's a you're going to use that same excuse versus my um, pre, my premium 70% winning percentage. Well, again, my guys from Ernst and Young are going to come in on Friday afternoon do a little bit of forensic uh, accounting and make sure that everything is up to snuff. Uh, but, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Not, not, not an excuse, it's an explanation. It's an explanation as to why things transpired the way that they did. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We need we need accountability, Cam, on a so, weekly basis so, to what's going on. So, so it's like you sound like you sound like somebody – 
we know in the media here who uh, still isn't willing to accept their loss. They they come to come up with every argument as to why they actually won when they didn't win. No, 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 no. That's what you sound like. Congratulations to you. No, no, no. Congratulations to you, Cam. You did win that event. Congratulations. Was I give was I giving it my all? Absolutely not. <laughs> Knowing it's on paper for everybody dismayed to 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 see this. Knowing that this is being tallied up, he's gonna tell me he's, he's I, I, I wish I, I wish it I wish it was there for everyone to see. Again, pencil whipping would, would, would completely go out of the wayside and we would have a, you know, Solid numbers, man. It would it would be interesting. Oh man, it would be like wow. Yeah. Your okay. numbers versus my numbers, Mr. Washington Chains, you know, week by week and you know, just you know, me doing my uh you know, my Michael Johnson impersonation, it, it would be great. Your Michael Johnson impersonation <laughs> You can't do that with no, with nothing on the line. What makes you think on with something on the line you can get it done? Well, we, hey man, let's let's let's, let's let's just find out in 2021 if that's something that you're interested in. I mean, you know, think about it, kick it around. So that, that's something that, that you know. In addition, we're gonna have to add to the show. Um, but okay, right now, right now, we want to talk about your supremacy rankings for the week 18 of the NFL. Uh, how much they fluctuate, okay. man? Um. Actually, this this week, all your teams are the same. I, I have to give you that. All your teams are the same. Uh, you switch around New Orleans at number four and the Seahawks at number five, where I have KC, Green Bay, Buffalo, which you do as well. I have New Orleans at four, like as you do. I have Tampa Bay at five. You have Seattle at five. Is that a little homerism there? Well, why do you have the Seahawks at five? Oh boy, man! Uh, I had the Seahawks at five because they closed the season so swell. Uh, we're actually, uh, you know, within a few possessions of being the number one seed in the NFC um, and finished the season twelve four. I mean, could have been fourteen and two. A few losses that uh, got away from them, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, they're those guys. Yeah, top five. Top five. Yeah, yeah I don't have a top five. We'll see what they do, end up doing this week. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them in the top five. Uh, looking at this playoffs uh, that we have coming up this week, all the games we have are, are we agree on all the games except I have Tampa. I have Tampa Bay beating Washington football team. I'm tempted. I want to lean that way. I want the football team to win that game. However, I just don't think they're going to win that game. So I did pick Tampa Bay to win that game. Outside of that, we agree on everything else. You want to talk about why you have the football team to win that game? Well, I know why you do, but oh, let the people do. We are, I I would love to talk about why the Washington football team is going to win that game. Okay, I think I I think I understand why you said, but let's go ahead, go ahead, get down. There is a guy that plays for the Washington football team who's got the swag, got the ability. And has the kryptonite for TB12. Has the kryptonite, which is which is which is uh, a strong pass rush. It's a cat named Chase Young. Mm-hmm. 
and he's not backing down from it. He embraces it. He wants Tom Brady. He heard that he was creating uh, bulletin board material by saying that he wants Tom Brady. It did not back down one inch. And we all know how Tom Brady looks when he's interrupted, when he's hurried. And that is exactly what's going to happen, man. They don't have any answer for the Washington Reds, the Washington so football of, team pass rush. So instead of, instead, of throwing, instead of throwing four touchdown passes, he's going to throw two? Is that what you're telling me? Man, instead of uh, those check downs that usually kind of go for, you know, six and seven yards, they're going to be thrown into the ground or they're going to be thrown into the stands because he just does not have enough time to do anything productive with the football because here comes uh, the predator, Chase Young. Okay. Well, you know, the good thing that the Tampa Bay does have fans in the building, so maybe a lucky fan to catch the ball. Maybe so. And it'll be from a future Hall of Famer, but it's not going to be from the uh, the winner of that game. Um, okay, so, so like I said, that we agree on everything but that one game, so we'll see how things transpire. I mean, going into the going into Saturday, we got three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and we got NFL overload here coming, and uh, I don't, I don't know that they're much, much better. How about you? Oh man, three, uh, three and three. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much got got my day. Uh, you know, wrapped up. <laughs> Can't wait to see how it all transpires. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Um, this is January where football gets, is, is at its best. So, uh, you know, as T.O. would say, get your popcorn ready. Uh, Cleveland, let's take a break here, man. When we come back, we're going to talk about some NBA topics. We're going to talk about uh, KD to miss some games. We're going to talk about the Lakers squeaking by Memphis, talk about the Clippers competing against the Spurs, and uh, Steph Curry, re, you know, re, reassert himself or reinvent himself, see if he can keep it up. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Steph. Is that what you said? Yeah. My, my name is Steph, yes. For those, in case you forgot, <laughs> as Roy Jones would say, in case you forgot, he, Steph is out here doing his thing. Um, so we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about these hot topics. What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? Once again, thank you guys for tuning in to the hottest podcast on all the land, the Voice of the Fans podcast. It's your boy, Cam, with your guy, Cleveland. It's January the 6th, 2021, Mr. Cleveland. We're going on uh, on 11 years of doing this, man, or nine years of doing this, Cleveland. Um, It's week one of the Voice of the Fan podcast. So, Cleveland, this segment we're going to talk about some NBA topics. You tell me, man, KD missing to, to miss 10 games. What what you think about that? How is that uh, is that going to set New Jersey back a little, or is that going to set Brooklyn back a little bit? 
as they try to get ready and you know lead the lead the division and win. Certainly will set Brooklyn back with regards to uh, trying to get that number one spot in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, I don't know, obviously, all of the uh, particulars with regards to how um, he contracted the COVID, but, you know, it's, you know, COVID is not a joke. So um, first and foremost, let's hope that he's able to get a, uh, you know, healthy and, you know, continue on with his uh, career with no setbacks. Um but you know, obviously, it's a it's a tough loss. I mean, that's almost uh, you know, it's a little over ten percent of the of the season. So that's a lot of games to miss. Um, you know, the Nets will get an opportunity to see um, what those other players can bring to the table. But yeah, that that's a major setback. They weren't playing all that consistently and all that well before um, the COVID. So um, where they will be and where they will have to fight from. Uh, once he comes back, it you know is to be determined. But yeah, it will definitely set them back. Interesting, interesting. That, that will be a um, you know it, it'll set them back as far as the maturity and the the camaraderie that the team is building. But you know these first couple of games without him, Kyrie is looking saying, "I'll take the load. Give, give me more points. Give me uh, more scoring opportunities. I'll get it done." Uh, that's how he's appeared. Uh, Period approach this situation, and so in that, with that being said, how much? Um, with that being said, how much growth uh, are they going to be lacking? Um, because at least the chemistry between Kyrie and KD is going to take a hit, but will the record of Brooklyn take a hit? And uh, that'll take a minimal hit, and that's what I'm saying. So. I'm on the other side of that. No, 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 no. It's 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 going to take a very a very big hit. Um, you know, Kyrie can have his uh, spectacular you know, shooting nights here and there, but I mean, you saw what the uh, Los Angeles Clippers last year when their two when their one and two guys were kind of in and out of the lineup and they weren't ever able to get cohesion. That's kind of what I see coming on here with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, Kevin Durant is himself once he's able to, you know, get past the, uh, you know the COVID protocol, but, you know, you already know firsthand experience how that can kind of ruin the chemistry of the team. And they may not be ready when it comes time to, you know, to really get down and, you know, win a championship. I'm not sure what a team 3000 miles away, kind of how that, how that, you know, what I say, what I'm, what I'm saying is the parallel and the comparative is when you have your two star players don't play a lot together. You see what I'm saying? You know what I'm going with this cam? And then in the end, you end up losing in the second round of the playoffs. So that's that's where I was going with that. I didn't know if you were following my train of thought or not. <laughs> I didn't even ask that question. Give it just gave him a, open the door for him to throw the Clippers in there. You know what? Um, but you're you're not entirely wrong. Um, let's help you come back. You know. Um, uh, let's have you come back, and you know they have to regain that chemistry. But again. The Kyrie and KD, and it shouldn't take long for these guys to come together. The uh, Lakers squeaked by the Grizzlies the other night. You want to talk about that win, or? Sure. You know they were kind of on the ropes for quite a bit of the game, man, and just had to you know dig deep as champions do, and come out with something that uh, the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant, uh, you know, couldn't handle and. and 
you know, fortunately they were able to, uh, you know, get over the hump and get that uh, win and reestablish themselves as the best team in the Western Conference and, you know, also in the NBA. So let me get this straight. They were struggling without Job Morant and Jaron Jaron Jackson Jr. They're struggling without those guys. Yeah, they weren't really taking them seriously. And as you know, you know they they you know seventy two days ago or you know before the season started, they won an NBA championship. So they didn't really have a lot of time to, you know, kind of decompress and kind of get their bodies right and their minds straight. And you know, there's going to be some load management. There's going to be some ebbs and flows. You know. You know, within games, but you know they're they're consummate pros and champions and professionals, and you know some of them at the tip top of their game. You know some of them at the tip top of the league. To be quite honest with you, so you know you're going to see that from time to time. But in the end, they didn't win the game. Okay, so um, as you talk about teams not having a full chemistry, and when one guy sits out and the other guy isn't there. Um, that's kind of what we saw from the Clippers on Tuesday night. Uh, as they no, we didn't the... see that camp. We didn't. We, we didn't see that camp. I mean, they've been going through that for a year and a half now. I mean, they they, I mean, they should be used to kind of not having both of their stars on the court at the same time. It's kind of rare. You know, what I'm saying it's kind of a rare occurrence. You know, and when they do, you know, they both want to. You know, they both want the mic. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of hard to, you know, say that this is something sure. you know they're not used to. That's that's what they do. You know, hopefully at some um, point well, they can get them both healthy and out there and, you know, see with, the, you know, 20, 30 games in a row. But so far it hasn't happened. Well, we see, we've seen Paul George rolling. And, you know, just two weeks in the season, Paul George would have to be uh, among the MVP cat- uh, finalists. So um, with him sitting out and Kawhi uh, kind of left to do most of the scoring, the bulk of the scoring on his own, you know, they had a slow start to the game. Uh, last night against the against the Sun or excuse me against the Spurs, and we go into the fourth quarter. You know uh, the firepower just wasn't there because after Kawhi brought him back in the third quarter, uh, there was no help for him to be for him to have had uh, throughout the fourth. Well, that's kind of that's kind of surprising. That's kind of surprising. Cam with the uh, you know sixth man of the year, uh, Lou Chicken Wing Williams on the bench and. Uh, you know, Patrick Beverly, the scrapper out there, and, you know, Zubach, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, Serge Ibaka, you know, they got they they got some players. Reggie Jackson, you know, the male version of Medusa, you know, they they got some players. So let's well, not, uh, let's not make excuses for the Clippers, okay? Nobody's making excuses. These are more reasons why they took an Oh, 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 you are making, you are making excuses. You're, you're making a lot of excuses. And that's unfortunate for a team that has championship aspirations. I don't know, again, I'm not sure what excuse I make it for them. I'm just uh, being a truth teller and telling you, telling you, or relaying to the fans kind of the true story behind the situation, um, where they did, you know, um, they did have, they were minus. Excuse me, they were minus Paul George last night, and so Kawhi kind of was left on his own to kind of get things done against the Spurs and playing against the Spurs and, and, and Pop, you know, even though Pop will say he doesn't study and he doesn't have a game plan ready for his team, uh, clearly he has something ready. Okay, but Cam, but Cam, but Cam, but Cam, let's, let's dial it back a tad bit. This is not the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard and Tim Duncan and, and Tony Parker and Danny Green. This is not that Spurs team. 
this is first team with you know Murray. Yeah, their their best their best player is uh you know Rainer Beach's own Rainer Beach's best Dejounte Murray. Yeah, and again, it's not like Dejounte Dejounte doesn't have the um. The only thing he okay, that's what I was looking for. Look how I baited friends, fans, and followers. Look how I baited him into that. <laughs> and I love Dejounte, but come on, is 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 he is he Kawhi caliber? Dejounte Murray and Patty Mills. He... Yesterday they they combined. They, yesterday they, com- they okay. combined both wow. fifty two points. Oh, oh, so apparently you didn't watch the game. You didn't know that. Uh, no, 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 no. Clipper Nation. Clipper Nation has spoken with the excuses and explanations again. Uh, didn't have their full roster. Weren't focused. Other teams had better players. Tyron Lue no, needs to uh, say a little I didn't bit say more. Or... I didn't, I mean, where are you going players. with all this? No, I didn't say – I was just explaining to you what happened last night from when I'm sitting in the stands and I'm watching the game and seeing how things transpire. That's what, okay, that's, so they, that's got, what they got busted up. They got busted up by uh, RB's finest. Yeah, okay. That's cool. But, I mean, and, and, you know, for a team that Steve Ballmer invested, you know, billions of dollars in, I don't know. It's early, so I'm not I'm not going to put too much into it. But, yeah, man, there's some work to do over there. Yeah, yeah, there's a little work to do. You, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. And uh, we'll see how things we'll see how things transpire. It's, it's still early, but and they're still number two in the in the West. So um, don't go, you know, writing them off so soon. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No, they're uh, they're actually number three in the West. Might be number four in the West after this uh, next game is over with. Uh, well, they're, just know, saying. They're in control. I'm just saying. They're in control of this game okay. against the uh, against the Warriors. So don't don't you worry about that. Do, do they? Is that is that what you call control? It's a two point game. Now, the team has Steph Curry on their side, so I don't know. Yeah, well, Steph Curry he he reasserted himself. So so now. You was last week. You forgot about him. You didn't even have the Warriors in the playoffs, and now you're talking on Spurs Steph Curry like he's uh, um, you know, going to lead his team to the Western Conference Championship. Don't call it a comeback. He's been there for years. The only unanimous NBA MVP of the history of the NBA, man. Okay, he can do some so- things. And, 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 you know, kind of taking a beating in in the media, especially social media-wise, he's like, oh, okay, well, let me just reintroduce myself. Let me show you guys what what I'm about and, you know, who I am. And, you know, once he gets this win over, uh, you know, an overrated Clipper squad, I mean, he'll just be right back to where he was, right? So you you got them them winning the division. Is that what I'm hearing? I didn't say that, Cam. Come on now. Okay. I had the Los Angeles Lakers winning winning the Western Conference. So let's not get it all twisted up. He still needs help. But, uh, you know, it's not. I wouldn't even call it flashes of brilliance. It's always brilliant. Just sometimes not as bright as you would like. But when he turns it on full throttle, yeah. You might get 62 dropped on you. And it'll look embarrassing. Okay. 
So tell me what you think of the, about these new uniforms, these city uniforms that teams are wearing throughout the league. You know, Miami Waters. Wow. Three, three color scheme tonight. Let me tell you, I was over at my uh, at my dad's house uh, a little earlier, and I was uh, astonished that those professionals went out on the floor wearing that attire. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you talking about? And and and, and, and he, the Miami Heat. You turned to me like, "This your first time seeing it?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> they wear that all the time." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> so horrible! They took that Miami Vice thing and went way left with it. Like, whoa, what is what is this? Yeah, yeah. Like, clearly, it's not for merchandising to other people. It's just for you guys to feel good about yourselves. Because I, if I was born and raised fifth generation in Miami, wouldn't wear that. I mean, it's it, it, it is public. different. <laughs> in public, yeah, it's certainly different. They 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 did take a different uh, approach to the to the jersey um, <laughs> to their jersey fit. They went different for real. Um. Yeah, so that that's probably the worst one. But some of the other ones are are pretty cool. Like the Clippers is pretty cool. They got the it's just the English writing, you know, the kind of the old school tagging on it with the LA. They 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 didn't go too extravagant. Um, are there any that you do like? Uh, no, I like I like the Clippers uh, uni. There's 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 a few uh, throwbacks that are kind of cool. Uh, the Philly one is kind of cool. Um, uh-huh. You know. I, I like the uh, you know I like the uh, East LA look of the uh, Clippers kind of you know kind of catering and uh, it carries that other fan base you know that might you know get some support for those guys kind of going forward because I know how they're feeling right now but uh, no I, I I think that's probably my favorite to be quite honest the Clippers oh okay you know and then. Uh... What about the Warriors and their city uniforms? It's kind of uh, the original design. The original design of the city uniform was um, to have the Oakland on them, as they left Oakland to play in and to play in in uh, San Francisco. Frisco. What, yeah. What do you think of that? And I think it's a good look that they did put the uh, Oakland on the on the uniforms. No, I, I think I think you're right. Probably that that could have been a uh, left off. You know, they they they're still kind of rocking the uh, you know the city ones, and you know those are cool and um, you know fan favorites. So I'm okay with those. Uh, you know, so long as teams don't get you know like University of Oregon and you just have a different you know jersey for every game type of situation. You know, like you know 15 different uh, you know combinations. You know, no, I think I think as far as the NBA is concerned. You kind of want to have that identity and that presence. So let's not drift away from it too too much. But you know, every once in a while, it's cool to kind of throw something that um, you know that people haven't seen in there and kind of rock that. Okay. Um, what else we got? Uh, expansion. Well, there have been some rumblings that the NBA is uh, looking for two and a half mil for each, from each team to set up an expansion and who might be in the front running for that expansion squad. Oh, Cam, let's, let's, let, let, let's kick it up a few zeros, two and a half billion. 
and that's really to pay the owners back for the losses that they have incurred from going through the NBA in a bubble and the pandemic and not having any fans. So this was like an alternative and a solution with regards to doing so. And I think it works out great. Um, it's somewhat, I wouldn't want to say overdue because part of the problem is that, you know, you don't want to dilute the product. And the question is, is there enough talent out there for two more teams? And the question is, it's a question mark. I'm not 100% convinced of it. However, being a 206 native and watching a franchise get picked up and moved across the country after drafting George Gervin Jr., arguably one of the top ten players of all time, um, I am eagerly anticipating the opportunity to get a team back, so I'm all for it. Um, yeah, so so one of the the best things to come out of the pandemic is Seattle gets a hoop team. Is that that to, is that the one way to sum this up? With regards to uh, the NBA perspective, yeah, absolutely. That is, uh, you know. Uh, Unfortunately, um, leveraging a bad situation. And uh, your immediate question goes: Where where are they playing? I mean, they're not playing in a hockey stadium because the Coliseum has been redone, right? So, uh, what is the name? Unfortunately, unfortunately, that is where they they would be playing. Unfortunately, yes. But it's been redone. Is is it a multi-sport stadium? I thought it was being built for only hockey. No, no, it's 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 built for both. Is it really? It really is. So, Kraken Arena is what's what's it called? Is it is it the Kraken Arena? Um, it's no, it's something having to do with clean energy and clean something, clean air, some clean something <laughs> arena. I don't even, I don't even remember because. <laughs> Because nobody's playing it, so it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, whatever. <laughs> and it's in such a terrible location. I mean, it was a great location previously, but the city has changed so dramatically since the last time they had professional sports there that it's no longer a good location. But no one has the... Why do you say it's a, hold on, help me out. Help me out. Help, help me out. Slow down. Let, let the people know why you say it's a bad location. I mean, that's the... Seattle Center, Seattle Center Arena, the Coliseum. It's a, by the Memorial Stadium. The whole, I mean, that's where you had your your. Uh, <laughs> it's shame to say it was a, a, a amusement park, but at one time that was where the city amusement park was. Why, why is it that bad? That's where the Jimi Hendrix is around the corner from the Jimi Hendrix. Ceremony. B and P. Sure. Let me help. Let me help. Let me help. Help you out, Karen. Yeah, Seattle already has the number has the number three most traffic in America. Okay, that area is the most traffic congested area of the city since the Seattle SuperSonics left. Amazon moved. I heard the I heard the I heard the I heard the stat the other day. Fifteen thousand surface parking spaces that have been taken and have been replaced by, I think it was 25,000 living units. Mm. So the demographic of the area has completely changed. You can't get in and out of there anytime fast. And if you do, where would you go? 
the arena itself will not have enough parking to sustain all the people that want to come there. And it will take you literally three and a half hours to get there and three and a half hours to get home. So, so I don't it's know. It's not a uh, great location. So, so why you say that? Just it, the funny thing about uh, I don't know if you're watching this uh, Clippers Warriors basketball game. I mean, the Warriors haven't had to endure this. Well, I guess they only they had part of the year last year to endure this, but for this brand new state of the art Chase Chase Arena that was built for the championship Warriors to play in, there are less than 2,000 parking spots available for their fans, less than 2,000 in a $19,000 or 19,000 seat arena. As I'm walking through the, as they're walking through and they're giving us a tour of the stadium. And then they kind of pointed out that there's 2,000 available parking spaces. And, And I'm like, hold on, that's, I'm not the brightest guy around, but if there's 2,000 parking spaces available, oh, and half of them are used by staff or by players and their affiliates. Um, and I think 980 of them are used for uh, reserved for the players and associates. So then that leaves, what, 1,200, uh, less than 1,200 parking spaces available for 19,000 people. Like, that that math doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not the smartest guy, but that math doesn't work for me. Um, where do you expect people to park? And then they went on to about, oh, it's about taking the commuting, and if you take this trolley and you take the BART and you take the train, you can – it's easier to commute and people coming from Oakland. So, Cam, like, so, so, so Cam, so Cam you, bring, you, bring, you bring up two excellent points. Number one – this is not a calculus problem. This is simple math. There's not enough parking spaces for all the people that are going to be coming to the game. And as a matter of fact, you're like 17,000 spaces short, right? Mm-hmm. Fortunately for you guys, you have rapid transit, Bay Area rapid transit, that is extremely efficient. Seattle does not have that. There's nothing that goes by there and buses don't count because, again, they're going to be stuck in the same traffic that everyone else is stuck in. It's not some uh, above-the-ground transit. It's not some below-the-ground transit. What do you mean? The monorail is no longer efficient? The monorail has never been efficient and um, will never be efficient. I was joking, man. I never understood why the mon- monorail goes through half of the city or half of downtown. Not even half of the city. It goes through half of downtown. But it still runs, doesn't it? It still runs, and it, and, it, and it's great. Um, it's, uh, you know, um, probably going to be a historic landmark at some point. It, and it's cool. And if they extended it, it would be even cooler. But, uh, yeah, man, no. Clearly not an answer for fifteen to eighteen thousand people coming to a location. Yeah, I mean, throughout downtown, there's probably not eighteen thousand parking spaces throughout downtown. So, um, okay, well that explains. But the hockey team is going to have the same issue. It certainly will, and so, they'll be the experiment because because they'll be, they'll they'll be playing before. Any type of expansion, most likely, uh, is awarded. Yeah. And so they'll be able to see all the challenges and problems, and they'll be like, oh, what's that spot Chris Hansen was talking about? 
way over right. there where they're like everybody can get to. Cool. Right. Let's do that. Where they where they made a specific exit for the baseball yeah. stadium. Yeah. They made and and he's already stuff. he's already planned like ten thousand parkings. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds way better. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I need to get with Chris Hansen to see what the deal is now. Is now that there's movement, now there's there's some talk about the NBA actually doing something. I need to get with Chris Hansen and, and break some more news out there for you guys. Sounds like a plan. Can't wait. Did did a fantastic job previously. Let's let's, let's get some more, uh, you know, grinding under the surface, ruffling some feathers up there. Um, that is an interesting conversation, man. Let's take a break here, Cleveland. And when we come back, we're gonna do our this weekend, or yeah, this weekend history. We're gonna do some random football topics. So, oh, I just got some random topics there. Probably. Primarily about football. What else we got in here? Uh, yeah, primarily football topics. I uh, got a trade proposal to kick around, and, and we'll we'll talk about that here on the backside. So let's take a break right here. Hey, fans! One thank you guys for tuning into our Voice of the Fans podcast, as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host, and myself. You're going to hear my conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. Yeah, so let's do this here. Um, finish off this show right here. And let's say five seconds. Three. What's good, what's good, what's good, fans? Thank you guys for sticking with us, tuning in to Voice of the Fans podcast. We appreciate it. We're going to talk about this week in history, give you guys some educational pieces, man, so you can take these back to your job and, you know, win lunch on these trivia questions we're about to hit you with. Cleveland. 2000 or 19, man, it's 100 years ago. 101 years ago, January 4, 1920, the Negro Baseball League was organized. 1920, January 4, 100 years ago, man, believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, 1955, closer to your birthday, 
first black appears in Metropolitan Opera in Verde's Masked Ball, 1955. First black person appears in the opera. January 6, 1976, your boy Ted Turner purchased Atlanta Brain for $12 million. Brilliant. I wonder what they're worth now. Probably like Oh, like one point eight billion, I'm pretty sure. Something like that, right. And something you know, like that. I, I can it took it took me some time to understand why the Braves were always every Braves game was on television. It took me some time to figure that out, man. Every single <laughs> was on television. Once you did and once you did, you were like genius. Yeah. I own yeah. a television station, I own a team. Yeah, I'm gonna put my uh, team on that. He got two teams or two channels, <laughs> two channels. He got he put the games on. It was it was crazy. Um, 2002, January 6, 2002. Emmitt Smith, first running back in NFL to gain a thousand yards rushing in eleven consecutive seasons. That's pretty that's incredible. That's getting, that's getting it done right there. Eleven seasons consecutive seasons of a thousand yards rushing now. So you wanna say he had the best line in football. Okay, that works for four, five, six seasons, right? But what about seven seasons, seven, eight, nine? What about that? Like that's still is does he still have the best offensive line in those years? Probably not. But he's still getting it hard, done. Hard to that's say that, done. yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's getting it done. So, kudos to you, Um, So, to piggyback on that, I want to ask you, Mr. Cleveland, about we've had a 1,000-yard rusher here in the NFL this past season, right? And what, what was the actual total for your boy, Jared Camry, who – the Russian leader two years in a row. Oh, it was two thousand and some change. It was two thousand and some change, man. I mean, his high school numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. So I don't know if you notice his high school numbers. So two thousand twenty-seven. I mean, you know, he ran for ten grand in in, in high school. Though. Like that was uh yeah, the number still the still number still doesn't make sense to me. I, I do try and kick it around every once in a while, but yeah, it, it makes no sense. Two thousand and twenty seven yards, by the way. Yeah, two thousand twenty seven, yeah. But that that, that number that's number is stupid. So Cleveland, in nineteen eighty four. Well let's go back to let's go back to before this. Nineteen seventy three. Crazy. In fourteen games OJ did it in he ran for 2,003 yards, the first one to do it, in 14 games, right? In 1984, they're still playing 14 games. Eric Dickerson ran for 2,100 yards. They're playing 16, but, yes, the 2,105 is still quite impressive. In 16 games? You sure they were playing 16 then? Sixteen player, sixteen. I'm gonna have to go back and double check that one. 
Um, Adrian Peterson. Well, 2003, Jamal. Yeah, well, let's get some. Let's get somebody studied looking up this. Is it 16 games for Eric Dickerson? That might have been 14 too. Um, Jamal Anderson or Jamal Lewis, excuse me. 2003, run for 2000. Barry Sanders runs for. In 1997, he runs for 2000. 1998, Terrell Davis runs for 2000. 2009, Chris Johnson runs for 2000. Adrian Peterson runs for, as I mentioned, 2000 and 2012. And then we have Derek Henry doing his thing. Cleveland, has the Russian for 2000, has that lost his luster? It absolutely has not, Cam. And if anything, it has actually gained more significance because it's a passing league. And very few teams even have a running back. So it's not the focal point of anyone's offense. So it certainly has not... uh, diminished in its significance is actually increased um, with regards to the accomplishment. The reason, the reason I asked the question is because there's more games now. But the, the only one that rests for 2,000 in less than 16 games is O.J. Simpson. Everyone else played 16 games. So it just makes O.J. in what he did much more phenomenal because it's two less games. But everyone else that rests for 2,000 yards um, played 16 games. And most that. of them did it in an era when when they didn't throw the ball that much. So in an era where it's a pass-first, pass-happy offense, yeah, it's much more significant. I would agree with that number for Derrick Henry. I would agree with that. Uh, through the 2000s, Jamal Lewis, we know, was on a running team. Um, Jamal Lewis got his 2,000 yards playing with, statistically, the greatest defense that's ever played. So So, uh, you didn't have to do a whole lot, and and that was kind of their M.O., let's just run the ball and then let our defense play offense, and then we'll run the ball some more. They won the Super Bowl that year with Trent Dilfer. So, yeah. So th- that's what I'm saying. So, okay, um, he had a running game. Uh, we know Barry Sanders, you know, arguably the best to do it. Terrell Davis, he was a running game. Just, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without him. So he runs for 2,000. Um, the reason I say it's lost with luster is because just because it took more games for it took more games to get done, and it took more games for Derrick Henry. I mean, he sixteen games. He was sixteen games for some reason. So I yeah, I don't really, I don't really understand your logic because the only person that that pertains to is OJ Simpson. Everyone else after that played in the sixteen game season, and it's it's within less than a hundred yards. Yo, Derrick Henry, bro. I'm looking at these numbers. 126 yards a game, 5.4 yards average, bro. Yards a carry. 
5.4, bro. Another 90-plus 90, 90 yard game. Um, bro, man, this... He's playing, he's playing with the... He's playing with a quarterback that sure helps him out, you know, a quarterback that can't get in. Certainly does. Absolutely, one of the top five, uh, you know, game managers of all time, in my opinion. Oh, here we go. Who the quarterback is eating off of this kid, eating big time. But he's man, Derrick Henry, five point four yards carry. That's impressive, bro. One hundred twenty-six yards average. Game like three hundred seventy eight yards, uh, three hundred seventy eight carries, bro. He went from one ten, one seventy six, two fifteen, three oh three to three seventy eight. This is his fifth year. How long can he do this? How long? Three more years. He got three, three more years. years. Mm-hmm. Mm. But he, so he has. The last he's rushed for a thousand yards the last three seasons. He'd have eight seasons to go, Cleveland, to reach Emmett Smith. Uh thousand yards per season. He'd have still have eight yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah, we're only giving him three more, so yeah, he's gonna fall that's, miserably that's, short of that record. That's bananas, man. That is that is bananas for Emmett. Right? Yeah, I don't even think any running back would even get the opportunity to do such a thing at this point. The way they recycle running backs, I mean, you know, they look at you uh, at 29 and diminishing return. And so far, no one has really been able to buck the trend other than Adrian Peterson and really get down after that. From 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 91 to 2001, (laughs) <laughs> a whole decade and it was over a thousand yards. Yeah. This fifteen, seventeen, fourteen, fourteen, seventeen, twelve. He had one season in nineteen ninety seven, he was at ten. One season. Third then he, the next year he came back. That was a full season. Next all these are full seasons too, by the way. Um next season came back at thirteen, thirteen, twelve. He had a 14-game season and went for 1,021. The next year after that, he was at 975, though. Like, he he was still right there. Yeah, the follow-up wasn't that dramatic, right? Yeah. He was still right there. Like, damn, Emmett. Damn. Like, that's, that's, that's getting it done. That's that's, consi- that's consistency over time. It, you know, we always have this argument. I'm not going to name names, but you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, man. Oh, no. You just do it every year. It's not it's not like a like a flash in the pan. It's not like a a small body of work. It's an extensive eleven years of just battering ram dominant running the football. So your guy has, and he's done it eight times for. Consecutive seasons, Adrian Peterson. Four consecutive, his mm-hmm. first four, his first four, then he fell off at, you know, 12, he played 12 games and got, and got uh, 970. And then came back at um, 2000. 
and then 12. And then had a season off. I guess, yeah, that was when he, you know, the Goodell pulled him off the game. He came back and did 1485. <laughs> he was pissed. And then he gave him 1,000 in 2018. He got a 1,000 for the uh, – for the Redskins, you know, you know, and yeah, you talk about consistency, and you don't want to name names. We know who you talking about. He know who you talking about. He and he don't appreciate that. I tell you every time he don't appreciate that that lingo. I I, I know he don't, and and I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate you throwing that 11 consecutive thousand yards in his face either. I'm sure I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate that. So. Well, stats are stats and facts are facts. One, two, three, four, eight, fifty-three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, sixty-seven, nine, nine, sixty, nine, sixty-one. So, damn, this is pretty. I ain't been want to give this dude no credit, but he's. 150, 40. He's 230 yards off of doing this one. One, two. Frank Gore's. Like 17 times? Huh? Oh, is that what Frank Gore? Oh, well, man. Yeah. Frank Gore. One, two, three, four. Start that up. Yeah. One, two, three, four. And then he had 853, five, six, seven, eight. 967, nine, so nine seasons of a thousand yards rushing, and then his 967, 961, and eight, again, he's 230 yards off of having, of being right there with him. Yeah. And you say, it, it, it's easy to look back and say it, but just looking at the numbers. I mean, he's not really that far off. He played 11 games in 2010, rushed for 18 or 853 yards. He played 16 games. Oh, my shit's active. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive, Frank Gore. That's pretty impressive. I've been, I've been kind of not want to give Gordon some respect, but just looking at these numbers, like, sheesh. He's 200. You must respect greatness over time, consistency over time. Well, right? well it, it, it's, it's, it's consistent, but it's consistent. It, it, it's been consistent. That's what he's saying. But 49ers were dogs. They were, they were dogs. I mean, did he play? He went to the Super Bowl one time. We got five Pro Bowls. Five Pro Bowls. I mean, yeah, just the one with Kaepernick, I believe. Yeah, so I mean that's that. That's why I question, like, what did it mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what he didn't have? Oh, sure, have, sure, right. He didn't have. Uh, it wasn't. He wasn't leading the team to the playoffs every each of these years. As well, is kind of my point. Absolutely, you're bringing that NBA mentality to the NFL, as you always do. How how is that bringing the NBA mentality? Definitely. Because you're saying that the the stats in and of themselves don't mean anything unless you win rings, right? 
No, 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 no. Perform in the playoffs. You got to – Because, because excuse me, excuse me, because that, that, is, that is really the best argument for the 800-pound elephant in the room is the accomplishment with regards to the rushing. Not just the rushing being the accomplishment, but what you do with that is what you're questioning, right? Is no. <laughs> How does that translate into wins and losses, right? How does it translate to wins and losses? Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, exactly. okay, exactly that. And especially, exactly especially, that. And that's why we go round and round with this argument. I mean, there's really no argument. You, you know I'm right. You agree that I'm right. So it's, it's really no argument. And I, I've talked to the source, so I'm not, I'm not worried about what you say anymore. Once I talked to the source and he told you to look at the tape, look at the tape is what he said. Look at the tape. And, it, you know, I just, I'd be like, dude, I, it wasn't me. I'm just transferring. And it was three years of impressive tape. It was three years of impressive tape. And put that tape up next to in it over those 11 years. Okay, well we'll look at we'll look at those three years. We'll, we'll look at those three years and what did those three years do? I mean, if you want to talk about three, and it's fine. They were they 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 were extraordinary. He played on a very good team. He had a very good quarterback. He had great receivers, Hall of Fame tight ends, and they were and they were able they were able to accomplish it. This is this is where you, this is this is where the the the, the this is where you you miss it. You miss. You're off base here. That quarterback, who you say was a very good quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, that's what you're talking about, right? Had been to the Super Bowl five times before this guy joined the squad. Had been there five times. And hasn't won. He hadn't even been close in his five times, his five previous journeys. It hadn't been close. But once this kid joined the team, oh, Oh, it was a big. It was a much different story. It was a much different story because he now this guy can turn around and hand the ball off to him, who's done it. He went from eleven, fifteen, seventeen, and two thousand. Now he can turn around and hand the ball off to this kid, whose numbers. You know, none of those guys. I need. I need to look at Emmer's numbers in the playoffs because I, I. I don't know if you recognize this, but. This kid had he averaged five point six yards a carry in the playoffs. Averaged, okay, and one hundred forty two yards per game in the playoffs. Ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. Average. That was his average. Five five point two. Just keep that in mind, real quick, fans. Keep that. Keep these numbers in mind, fans. Um, in the playoffs, five point six. Excuse me. 142 yards. Just hold that, hold that thought in your head. And as I go back to this one here, this model consistency that we're referring to earlier. And let's just now these numbers were this playoffs were a lot more extensive, mind you. 93 yards a game in the playoffs, and a 4.5 average. One only one season over five, only one season over five, only one season over a hundred, over a hundred and twelve yards or, or over a hundred yards rushing. Only one of those, and 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight seasons. Only one of those. The rest of them were in the 90s, but only one over 100. Okay? So somebody was getting it done much more uh, frequently in the playoffs than another guy. I just wanted to point that out, fans, so we can get off this argument. And the fans, just so you, Cleveland wants to, he was talking to Dark and talk around the subject. We're talking about Toronto. And, fan, and, fan, and fans also, just to let you know, um, we're talking about less than 10 games. But please continue on with your with your conversation. Less than 10 games? I told you, I just gave you three years, three years worth of numbers. You didn't hear me talking about that. And how many playoff games are those, Cam? What, what 12? 12 playoff games? Compared to him, it's what, 40? It's 12 more than 10, just just for shit and grim. 12, 12, 12 is more than 10, but it's not more than 40. Well, we're talking so. we're talking about eight. We're talking about eight, actually. But it's not more than 40. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about... Yeah, I'm sorry, how many, play, about, how many playoff games? We, we were talking about eight games. And versus seven... Hold up, hold up. Whoa. Eight versus seven. Are you telling me that, 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 these, that these gaudy, extravagant numbers that you're talking about are only eight games? <laughs> is that what the body of work is for Terrell Davis in the playoffs? Eight games? <laughs> eight games. Eight games versus 17 games. Man, man, man I, you, you, I just about hung up the phone on you, man. Let's get, let's get, let's get through this show. We'll get back to this. But, man, this conversation is over. It's, it's not. No, it's it not. is over. Eight so, games. What kind of body of work is that, man? I, again, I don't want to hang up the phone on you. Let's get through this show. We'll get back to that, but you go ahead and circle that eight ball, okay? Eight games. <laughs> you talking me to death? You talking me to death about eight games? Eight games. Two, eight games, bro. Two hundred carries. And 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 Emmitt, and Emmitt Smith played played play twice as many games in the playoffs. Oh, I mean, one more, one more. Man. Did you not just say eight to 17? Eight to 17. Okay, yeah. Next next topic, man. We'll, we'll have to address this at another time because that, that's just beyond ridiculous. Okay, so. This argument is pitiful. All right, Clevon, let's change the topic real quick, man. Um, something a little bit more serious here. What we what we saw in this country today, and for those of you those of you listening, you may be listening on the weekend when this when this podcast drops. Today we saw supporters of the current president storm the Capitol building in Washington D.C., the nation's capital, where they were actually going to confirm the votes for. President elect Biden, President elect Biden, they're about to confirm the votes today. And the former president's cronies, apparently over 10,000, as that was estimated, not only ran the streets of D.C., but then stormed the Capitol. And, you know, it was so good to hear Doc Rivers talk about topics like this because Doc would tell it like it is, and I don't know if you heard his, heard his particular statement, but just to summarize it, is 
But he says, just imagine, you know, I actually uh, posted this earlier, but that's what I was thinking. But it was good for to hear a prominent sports figure mention it. But just imagine if these were black people that stormed the Capitol. And what would happen? What would have happened to those people? And what type of military action would have been taken? And how many fatalities and injuries would have happened? Um, instead, National Guard wasn't even called. They they did use some tear gas, um, some rubber bullets initially, but for the most part, everybody was escorted away from the from the scene, uh, escorted away from the Capitol. Cleveland, uh, share the people with your thoughts on this situation. Um, well, a friend of mine sent me um, a picture, an image of what it looked like when the Black Lives Matter was going past the Capitol, and mm-hmm. there were literally hundreds of police um, mm-hmm. on the stairs of the Capitol, mm-hmm. um, armed and ready for combat. When this took place and transpired, nothing like that. I was asked the question, would they ever have let uh, black men or people of color actually storm and get into the Capitol building and wreak havoc um, without physical um, harm, which probably would have led to, you know, death? And, And the answer is no. So unfortunately, the country keeps giving us fresh content with regards to how the situation plays out for people of color adverse white people. Mm-hmm. Same way that the uh, you know the gentleman that went into a, I won't even call him a gentleman the white kid that went into the church and shot uh, multiple people left one witness to tell the story. And as they're taking him to jail, he says he's hungry, so they take him through the drive-thru at Burger King. Right. That's just not something yeah. that happens on the other side. So when you see that, you know, you start talking about Black Lives Matter, this is the antithesis of that. This is the essence of that, because if Black Lives Matter is the same as White Lives Matter to police, then we would have seen um, far less violence during the Black Lives Matter movement or far greater violence um, during this upheaval. This hasn't happened since 1812. No one has ever stormed, stormed the Capitol building, going, right. waving Confederate flags, shooting people. I mean, where does that happen? At? I mean, since they where does that happen? It's like, that has never happened. It would not have been allowed to happen um, if things were different. And that in the things being people of color doing it adverse, predominantly white people. So um, it was yeah. uh, n- not surprising that that was the uh, outcome and result of it. It just reinforces what we already know, unfortunately. Yeah, it does, man. And you well put, well said. You know, I'd like to see that picture. And um, um, well said, and we'll leave that there. Uh, <clears throat> Clevon. As you know, the NFL season ended earlier this week, uh, Sunday, in fact, and, you know, I had a trade proposal. I had a trade proposal. I, I had a trade proposal between the Miami Dolphins and, and the 
Houston Texans. Now we know they were trade partners already in previous seasons. That allowed the Dolphins to have the number three pick of this upcoming draft. But my thought was Houston paid their quarterback a lot of money. And as they should, he's he's well deserving of uh, his healthy contract that they gave him. Well deserving of it. And within within said contract, by paying him this contract, that kind of renders them makes them not only was there poor uh, management, fiscal management with the Houston Texans, um, they're paying one of the – they have one of the highest paid defenders in the league. They have one of the highest paid uh, quarterbacks in the league. And so they don't have – they're cap-strapped, and they're cap-strapped. So going into the season, they're already – they're going to have to cut some players to get under um, – to get in the red, get out of the red so they can do something to to maneuver to pick up a second-string cornerback, a second-string whatever, receiver, whomever. So I I figure out a way that they can get out of that contract with their high-paying quarterback and, you know, just kind of do a a start over, if you will. You know, hit the reset button on on the squad. And maybe they can do something – um, you know, use this opportunity just to kind of get better. And the way they can do that is trade their quarterback to the Miami Dolphins. Trade the quarterback to the Miami Dolphins. Trade him for their first-round quarterback from a year ago, who has a lot of promise in this league. But I'm told by everybody, all the people want to know, this kid has a lot of promise. You're even you're even a believer in this kid and his future and what he can do in the league, et cetera. Pay this pay this kid or sign this kid to the Houston Texans. Take the third round draft pick. Then you can get a lineman, you can get a receiver, you can get a running back, whichever. He's gonna put you in prime position to get a game a game breaker. And. That at least at least at least allows you some flexibility. You, you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. You have another rookie that you're drafting at a high skill, a high level rookie because he's the number three. So if you choose to trade down, for example, trade to the number ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen pick, you can do that and get another first round pick. Um, that puts you in a good position to kind of now do something now to get multiple pieces of talents on your squad. All you're giving up is your quarterback, who you're not going to do anything with for the next five, six years anyway. So now you can take a quarterback that has a lot of promise. You can get a, a few young pieces, and you can kind of build your team around the future instead of trying to waste in – you've already wasted the defensive lineman's uh, career. Now don't waste your quarterback's career by having him wall on the mire here. Go ahead, give him a chance to – Go down south and breathe and live a little. So my ultimate pick is trade to attack of Maloa, the third um, Miami Dolphins trade to attack of Maloa, the number three pick of this upcoming draft to Houston for their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and their third-round draft pick. Your thoughts on that, Jeff? Who says no? Well, Cam, the uh, Houston Texans say no. I mean, 
unfortunately for you, it's your, your statement is uh, ambitious, naive, and sad all at the same time. Ambitious. Um, <laughs> ambitious, naive, and sad all at the same time. I've been, I've been, yeah. I've been interested. Uh, yeah, you, you, uh, you know, it, it, it's great um, that in some way, kind of in like a, you know, a backhanded compliment, you know, you, you, you're trying to, uh, you know, make your, you know, um, a team that you used to root for back in the day, um, a, a better squad and more competitive, um, by giving them a, a, a rookie quarterback. Um, and the number three pick for an established all pro franchise player, franchise quarterback, mind you. So that never, ever happens. Um, it's naive to think that the Houston Texans would even consider um, trading Deshaun Watson for Tua Tagovailoa and the number three pick, given that everyone knows that NFL Pro Bowl franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And it's sad that you've bailed on, you know, a team that you claim to be uh, you know, your favorite, the Miami Dolphins, once again, and won't give uh, their starting quarterback, um, rookie starting quarterback at that, to a target of Iloa. You won't even give him, uh, you know, three whole months to really even uh, establish himself, improve himself, and get better. So the fact that you're bailing on him this quickly, really, really sad. Now, I even think that the Houston Texans would even entertain such a conversation and ambitious um, thinking that, uh, you know, that your Miami Dolphins are only a quarterback away from making the uh, playoffs. So. All in all, just does not sound logic from you. Naive, ambitious, and sad. Well, sir, if you open, if you would expand your mind, you see that that actually makes sense. The way I just broke it down to you, that does make sense because the Houston, oh no, I I completely understand that it makes sense in your mind, in your mental, and what is it you would like to see uh, get accomplished from your Miami Dolphins? But again, let's not let's not kid ourselves, Cam. Going into the season. I'm pretty sure you didn't think your Miami Dolphins are capable of 10 wins. As a matter of fact, if we go to some uh, previous shows that we've recorded, you had said nothing even remotely like that. No, I so I understand, you know, they kind of gave you, I kind of, I understand they kind of got your curiosity going and kind of, you know, piqued your interest and, you know, you were ready to jump back on the bandwagon, um, you know, bugging my, my guy, Steve Nelson about, uh, you know, getting your place back on the seat, but, you know, things happen, Cam. It's a, it's a work in progress. It can't all be just, uh, you know, overnight. Give it some time. Give it some time. I, I wonder, uh, what was your quarterback doing, at, um, your third-round draft pick quarterback? What was he doing in his rookie year? What was, what was he doing? Oh, they went to the playoffs. It was a magnificent run. Uh, ended oh, up beating oh. – uh, Robert oh. Griffin, the third of the Washington Redskins, oh. the first game, almost oh. beat uh, Matt Ryan in the Atlanta Falcons' oh. second game. And I believe the oh, second, oh, the next oh. year, they came back and went to the Super Bowl. Oh. So, I mean, it's, oh. a, it's a little bit of a different – you know, like I said, oh. everyone matures at a different rate, Cam. You, oh. That's an unrealistic level of expectation for your quarterback to haven't missed a game in nine years 
uh, you know, been in seven Pro Bowls, uh, two Super Bowls. No, I want to be. I, mean, I want to be ready to play. I want to be ready to play. That's what I want. I want that guy to be ready. And to play. Tua is ready. And Tua is ready to play. He's not Tua ready has to play. played in some. He's got some quality minutes out there this year. Um, he was in some really good situations, some learning experiences, and he'll be better for it. Mm. He's not ready. It's to a play. little soon to pull. It's a little soon to pull the plug on on the Tua Tagovailoa experiment. At the same time, it's also a little too soon to think that he is worthy of being traded for an All Pro, uh, you know, playoff franchise quarterback. All right, the guy says ambitious, naive, and sad. Cleveland, again, if you would expand your mind, sir, you would recognize that the Houston Texans are not in a position to do anything with the quarterback they have now. Some may say he's overpaid. But they don't have the they don't have cap space to sign somebody else. They don't have they don't have the cap space to go out and get some free agents to join Deshaun Watson. They don't have the cap space to maneuver around and to bring some stars on the team. So they're kind of stuck with the roster that they have. They don't have the players or uh, the draft picks to add quality players to their team. You know, you you win by adding quality players through the draft. They can't build through the draft, or you add free agents. They can't do either one of those. You are familiar with your quarterback started the model. Win on a rookie quarter, win, win a Super Bowl on a rookie quarterback's uh, for that first contract. You got what three or four years to do so. Houston Rockets or Houston Texans have a better chance of doing that than winning with their all-pro quarterback because they're going to waste his career. Uh, they're going to waste his career away. Not only could they get not get him more talent via the draft or free agency, they don't have the talent on the team to do anything. So he's he's on an island by himself, floundering around, and he will be. Unless they do something drastic, he will be floundering for the next few seasons. Instead of having this guy flounder around, Miami Dolphins have a young, promising quarterback, and they're willing to trade him to you guys. They're trading the quarterback and the number three pick, your number three pick, back to you to allow you some flexibility. Now you can get a quarterback, a young style quarterback. Now you can have another draft pick to get a receiver, to get a running back, to get a lineman, to get a linebacker, to do what you want to with it. That gives you much more flexibility than you have now. You just got to give up Deshaun Watson. And let Brian Flores, who you projected as a, being the coach of the year for 10 weeks of this past season, you projected Brandon Flores to be the coach of the year, let him do something with him. I don't know. I don't know where you say it's naive. It's actually a well thought out plan. You call it sad. Well, it's trying to make the team of my youth a better squad. That's what I'm doing here. No, I, I understand that part of it, Cam, and that's and that's you know that's kind of the sad part of it as well. 
but I, I just got a, a few quick questions for you. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how many times has uh, Sean Watson taken his team to the playoffs? I think twice, actually. Okay, cool. And and how many uh, Pro Bowls has uh, Deshaun Watson made? Uh, he's <laughs> um, he's he's working on a third Pro Bowl. Okay. And how old is Deshaun Watson? Um, he's twenty five years old. Okay. Now throw all now 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 throw all that into your equation, and then come back with your twisted, reversed, uh, perverse, sick, sad logic. Now a quarterback has has already been to the playoffs twice. Has already been to the Pro Bowl three times. He's twenty five years old. Adverse, an unproven commodity, and a number three pick. Again, again, by all accounts, this is you're getting a young stud here on a rookie contract. Well, they they already have a young stud, and it doesn't matter if it's on a rookie contract. The dude is only 25 years old, and has already okay. accomplished a great many things. Probably some things that, unless Tua has a very uh, dramatic turn to his career <laughs> probably won't accomplish. Hey man, I'm trying to I'm trying to produce some hope. I know, I know. Again, for, for, ambitious, naive, and sad. As, as we yeah. already said. Yeah, I, I, I already know how you're trying to stir the pot and you kind of spin the narrative, which is why I had to, to interject those three facts real quick to, to make it like kind of, you know, Unfortunately, kind of, you know, destroy your little playhouse there. You're looking at it from a Dolphins' point of view. Look at it from a Texans' point of view. That gives them maneuverability and flexibility. Right now, they don't have. No, Cam, I was. I was looking at it from a Texans' point of view. We have a 25-year-old quarterback that's already been in the playoffs twice and made the Pro Bowl three times. Uh, I don't think he's going to go down from here. So... Well, he's probably fact, only fact, going to get better considering that he's only fact. getting gaining more experience and opportunity to do so. Uh you know, in maybe we're not fact, maybe not have the weapons around him next season. Fact, but hold, hold, you hold know. that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold hold that thought right there. Hold that thought. His first year he was three and three. He didn't play a full season, as we know why the the buffoon coach said they had. Uh second year were they were eleven eleven and five. They were ten and five the the next season. And well, Deshaun record Deshaun Watson record was ten and five. He got hurt and didn't play one game. And then this past season, he's four and twelve. I mean, what are you looking for? His, so he's regressing. He went from eleven wins to ten wins to four wins. That's regression, sir. Is it not? Okay. Well, hey, man. I I, I guess so. I mean, you know. I mean, that's that's if, what I'm if, that's if, what I'm if saying. That's, if that's how you want to look at it. But I'm just saying. I, I just gave you the three statistics that completely nullify any type of trade proposal for Tua Tagovailoa and a high draft pick. What, you want two two draft picks? You want two in the first round? Bro, the Dolphins don't have enough to trade for Deshaun Watson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Cleveland, since you you can't understand the logic behind that trade, 
I, I can't. Um, of course, I can't get behind it. So sorry. Like, but Steve Nelson's yeah, listening. So when you, when you get your when you get your uh, you know apology letter in the mail for not being able to be a part of Dolphin Three Hundred Five Nation going forward, uh, you know why. So tell me, uh, tell the fans, what should the Jets, affectionately known as the biplanes on this podcast, what should the biplanes be? What should they do with Sam Darnold? Should Darnold be given another a, a season to get the stench of of Gase, Adam Gase off off his back, or should they be looking at with the number two pick drafting a quarterback? And before I answer that question, I forgot to mention my condolences uh, to yourself and the Miami Dolphins for losing their offensive coordinator earlier today, um, giving to a talk about lower a little bit more of a learning curve going forward. Um, and, you know, maybe that season might not be as productive as the last one, given the fact that he's got to learn a new language. Now, back to your question with regards to Sam Darnold, um, I think it depends on who the coach is, Cam, and what they want to do with him. Uh, certainly, I think the talent level is there. Um, and maybe under the right system and set of circumstances, as we saw with Ryan Tannehill as he moved on from the Miami Dolphins to the Tennessee Titans, things can turn around with with different leadership and just a different voice. So I wouldn't say necessarily go ahead and get a quarterback, but let's see what the combine shows us. And, you know, they'll be able to make a little bit better assessment after that. So you want to give them the combine? Oh, for sure. I don't think you make a decision until after the combine, no. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, so you know. I mean, Justin Trask, Fields. Is, is Trask the next best quarterback? I don't think Justin Fields is necessarily the next best quarterback in the draft. So, I would so I mean, wouldn't necessarily just sight unseen say, "Oh yeah, we're going to upgrade to Justin Fields from Sam Donalds." I I wouldn't say so. Let's so see what, let's see what the Fields, You didn't see what Justin Fields did in the in the playoff game. I did see that game. Hey, have you ever seen him play better than that? Than that one game? Let's be perfectly honest. Um, that was the best game you've ever seen him play in college. Okay, okay, that that's what happens. You get better. You get better with time. That's, okay, that's great. That's, that one game is is not an extensive body of work, and certainly not enough to necessarily throw Sam Darnold away for it. Okay. Because that other Ohio State quarterback um, is looking for work right now. So. <laughs> well, we know why he's looking for work. He was, okay. he was well, looking. For, he was looking. He was looking for some work, and, and that was part of the problem. He was okay. For there you go. And I, I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, I'm not. Sometimes history repeats itself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, which team? Going into this week of the playoffs, the introduction into the NFL Wild Card Weekend, which team has the best chance to surprise to, to surprise the league and NFL fans? Now you had you picked Washington football team in the upset. Um, we talked about why you did that, but we got Buffalo and the Colts. Can the Colts uh, upset Buffalo? We got the Rams in Seattle. Can the Rams upset Seattle? Uh, this is the first game on Saturday outside of Washington. Uh, which one of those team, two teams do you have a better chance of getting an upset, Buffalo or Seattle? Or, excuse me, Indianapolis or, or the Rams? Rams have a better chance of getting the upset. And then on Sunday we have Baltimore-Tennessee, probably the most competitive game of the weekend. Chicago, New Orleans, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. 
you're not a believer in Pittsburgh or you're not a believer in the Browns, so I, I'd assume that you're not going to pick Browns to upset Pittsburgh. I got New Orleans going to the Super Bowl, so I don't think Chicago has much of a chance. Who's go, who do you have winning this game? Um, do you have Tennessee Titans winning this game against Baltimore? I do, I, I do have the Tennessee Titans winning that game with a 2,000-yard rusher and uh, a much-improved Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I think they're going to win that game. Much-improved Ryan Tannehill. He, Ryan Tannehill will not be the reason they win that game. I assure you of that. Um, however you want to twist that. I, I well, I, t- I, I, I tell you what, Cam, he's been in the playoffs two more times than the Dolphins have been in the last quarter century. Uh, yeah, but he ain't gonna be. He ain't the reason they went. They're going to the playoffs and winning. So I, I yeah. promise you that. And, and they and they they had him at one time and didn't appreciate him or respect him. So you know he's just showing them what they're missing. As you <laughs> as you so as you so casually discard and trade around and throw out there. Um, your number five quarterback from one of the most storied college programs in the history of college oh, football and and, and, the, and the greatest uh, college football coach of all time. How many quarterbacks have he, has he generated? How many Pro Bowl quarterbacks has that guy generated? How many Pro Bowl quarterbacks has that school generated? Because you want to throw out the most storied college program. Oh wow! In oh wow! <laughs> now you want to now you want to look at the Alabama numbers, huh? And how it looks in the pros, how it translates. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? Kim? <laughs> the, no, translation, the translation, the translation from Tuscaloosa to the NFL. Is that what we're talking about? No, you try yeah. to throw some garbage out here and th- th- try to. I'm not throwing no garbage out there. I am telling to, you, you what the Dolphins man. are working with. And what it is that you're trying to throw away, like yesterday's garbage, like like five day old chitlin sitting on the stove. You just trying to just throw it away. You just like the GOP, man. You you try to distract and deceive. That's that's your game plan. Try to distract and deceive. That's that's your whole game plan. Because you know the story program that the, this uh, story program in the Hall of Fame football coach, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. I believe Tua Tagovailoa lost one game there. Yeah, fantastic, okay. fantastic performance, and won and won a national championship. Did he not? And, and that was there. That was, man, come on, you already know what I'm going with this. So, 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 you've already seen what he can do. Why are you willing to just you know cut bait so quickly? I saw what he can do with the best talent that money can buy. The Miami Dolphins don't have the best talent money can buy. But they're so, working on it, Cam. It's it's a di- that's exactly what no, I'm saying. It's a different experience. It takes time. You have to put the pieces around him. You have to let him maturate naturally, organically, okay. in 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 the environment that he's in. Cleveland, I'm not buying this BS. Get all your Dolphins talk out right now, and I'm gonna do this the final time I'm gonna ask you um, until the season starts. Anything about the Dolphins? What do you do with the number three pick? You draft Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, that's it? Number yeah, three. The end. the end, yeah. So you're sold on six one one eighty nine, Devontae Smith. You're sold on him. Again, Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama. You know how those guys do. You know how those guys get down. So 
Yeah, and, and yeah. I know what you think of them too. I know what you think of them too. So now you try to tell the fans one thing. You asked me. You asked me. No, no, no. You asked what the Miami <laughs> Dolphins should do. Your quarterback needs a receiver, and what better receiver than someone that's already been? You know, they're they're already kindred spirits. Okay, the ban is officially off for you. <laughs> the ban is officially on for you. You know, they they, they 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 talk that Tuscaloosa language. They 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 know all about the struggles, man. They 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 probably had some time together. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure their paths have crossed many times. Uh, enough enough of you. Enough of you. Uh, this season's MVP Mahomes. Wilson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, who's the MVP? Aaron Rodgers. The, that's it, no discussion, huh? You don't need to look there's, at no more game tape? There, there's no discussion, no. Okay, all right. All right, Cleveland, we're going to put a pin in the show right here, man. Thank you for your participation. Uh, we're going to look and see how things transpire here in the in, NFL playoffs. Um, and then we also have the NBA kind of getting full swing. We didn't give a you didn't give me your top five for the NBA. You only gave me five for the league, but you didn't give me top five for each each conference. So we'll revisit that next week. Um, fans, before I let you go, I want to leave you with a quote from Mr. Kobe Bryant. This is power and understanding. There is power in understanding the journey of others to help create your own. Understand this. There's power in understanding the journey of others to help create your own. Essentially what this says to me, Mr. Cleveland, is you can learn from others' mistakes. If you learn from others' mistakes and kind of look at their path and journey, you can maneuver the pitfalls that they've had to kind of build your own success. And that's a, a word to the wise and something that we all should uh, consider. Uh, once again, there's power in understanding the journey of others to help create your own. That's from Mr. Great, the late, great did, Kobe Bryant. Did Kobe Bryant say it or Tua Tagovailoa say that? Oh, listen to you, man. See what I'm saying? <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's, I'm done with you, man. Because I, 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 I feel like the words can, can apply to your situation, right? Oh my goodness, man! We're 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 stopping this, man. Thank you for your participation, big fella. We're gonna talk to you next week. Enjoy the NFL football weekend, wild card weekend. You get six games, an additional game this year. Six games, three on Sunday, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Enjoy the games, fans. Thank you for tuning in. As always, for making this podcast what it is. Please reach out to us on social. Let us know what you think of the show. My name is. Uh, my Twitter handle rather is what's good in sport Cleveland what's your Twitter it is at Cleve Wonder on Twitter and Cleveland still on Instagram on Instagram I am voice of fans thank you guys for tuning in Cleveland thanks again for your participation fans as always thank you for making our voice your choice Hey, it's Peter Rosenberg. I'm hanging on my man Cameron Buford right here. I just want to say thank you for making our voice your choice.